What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the David Glenn Show, featuring no David Glenn today. It's me, Will Brinson. It me, and it him, Joe Gillio. What's up, buddy? Hey, Will. Thanks it, for having me on today, buddy. I, I'm not having you on. We're hanging out here together. That's what's happening. It's uh, NC State Day on the DG Show. I think I finally got a tweet out. Had to fight through the Wi-Fi. Uh, we got a big show coming up, Joe. We got uh, Kevin Keats in like moments, joining us uh, from an undisclosed location that is not an abandoned parking lot by the PR, which is my favorite undisclosed location. That's where you were yesterday. <laughs> that's where I was yesterday, drinking some old Tuffy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, maybe Keats has some old Tuffy on his way to the Bahamas. Who knows? I don't know if he's an old Tuffy guy. We'll talk about our uh, beer sales. We got uh, Boo Corrigan coming up at some point. We got a whole. We're gonna have a fun three hours here. Absolutely. At one point, I'm gonna leave and go to a radio spot <laughs> on someone else's radio show. I didn't tell Darren that yet. But well, and we'll get super meta and have another radio person in here to join us. May, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Joe Ovius might join us too to lament how he's been. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Trolled. Yeah. He's or superseded trolled. by you as the beer guy, the number one beer guy. He was not pleased with that. No. We'll find out. We'll put him on a lie detector and find out if he really got trolled. Uh, if you want to call in and ask questions about NC State, Joe and I are also going to do a deep dive into the Atlantic Division of the ACC and make predictions as to uh, as to where people will end up. Maybe like who will finish second? Yeah, Clemson or la or not last. I think we know first Clemson. Yes, we know last Louisville. Oh, you think so? Yeah, no doubt. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a given. Okay. They're that, that bad? They're terrible. Okay. Is Louisville worse than Georgia Tech? Um, it'll be a coin toss. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll, like, randomly call Chip Patterson, like, without telling him, and it, see, see if he wants he to. chimes in. Yeah. Just do Love it. that idea. Love <laughs> it. Like, call his cell phone, and he's like, ooh, 919 number that looks familiar, but I don't really recognize. And he answers it, and it's like, Chip, you're live on the David Glenn Show. Let's um, do it. Yeah. What's the... Um, Oh, 1-800-849-2761 is Atta the number boy. you can call in. Thanks, Darren, for preparing that rundown. I've done that. I think this is like three or four years I've done this now. And so, like, m my problem in life is, is, is gigs. The more I get comfortable with something, the less I'm inclined to, like, really do a deep. I think, I think the first year I did this, I did, like, seven hours of prep. And this year I did, like, seven minutes of prep. That's all you need. I had to go pick up my happy inhale for lunch. I forgot my computer at home. Um, I, uh, I, I literally left my computer on my, on like my ottoman at home and had to turn around and go get it. And that's why I was like, then there's construction, a whole, I've got a litany of excuses. Um, where do you think that, uh, NCC, NC state stands right now in the, I don't know if it's a pantheon of ACC teams, but maybe like in the general standings, as far as like basketball and football, maybe you want to expand it to like the full course of director's cup athletics. How do you think NC State stands relative to when you started on the beat? Oh, definitely upgraded from substantially 2007. Yeah, I mean, yeah, is that when you started? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's been a minute, but yeah, when I graduated from NC State in '97, so I, oh, I've, wow. I've been here for a little while. You have been here, for yeah. '94 was my first year at NC State. You know who's not been? Here? Well, he has been here for a while, but not like a really long time. Uh, Kevin Keats who's uh, joining us on the phone now. Coach Keats, how are you doing? You know what, guys? I'm doing well, but I want y'all to look around that studio because David's supposed to have been giving me a plaque from three years ago <laughs> that, I, that I never received, so I, I want my plaque. What uh, What were the contents of the plaque? It, I'm not going to lie. It is a little 
farce. I think I, it was I'm the David sure. Glenn Show Coach of the Year from his last yeah, year see? at Wilmington. Joe knows. Joe knows. See, Joe, yeah. Joe knows that. See what yeah. I mean? That, that's exactly You still haven't gotten your plaque? No, he wrote it on a piece of paper and he sent a picture of it. Maybe that's his way of saying that's a plaque. But I, I, I'm used to plaques being a little bit hard and they look look a lot better than his handwriting. Yeah, I'm just glad you came on today in spite of that snub, Coach. Yeah, we appreciate it, Coach. Where uh, are, are we? We understand that you. We don't. We're not expecting a location, but you are in route to vacation, right? And so we really appreciate no. you taking the time. No, actually, that that's not true. I'm a, I'm gonna be on vacation next week. Mm. Uh, I'm running around. I'm actually sitting here in my office in Raleigh, and, um, you know, we were getting the floor refinished, so the smell had been so bad the last couple of days at a practice facility. Everybody was out, so I was, I was able to get in this morning and actually really get some real work done. Kevin, you have so many of your returning players back from last season. I'm curious, though, about the new guys. I don't know how much you've been able to see of them. Um, obviously, Pat Andre from Lehigh is a guy you're, you're going to expect to sh- – shoot for you provide some threes just give us an idea of what you've seen so far from your new guys and what do you like about them well i I love my new guys um and and i would say the the guy that you know is the is new but not new i'll start with him as manny bates um i'm excited about him because obviously he was a freshman last year and had to medically redshirt because of his uh shoulder surgery but you know, he's a guy that um, the way we play, I think he's going to fit in great because he gives us a rim protector at the, the back of the press, and he's done a great job finishing around the rim. Um, he gives us a big body, live body that's active, that can score around the basket, so I'm excited about him. And then, you know, I, I know um, you just mentioned Pat. Um, Pat's so much different than Torin, and Torin was tremendous for us, um, you know, let us in scoring and rebounding, but he gives us an element of being able to shoot the basketball from outside, especially with us moving the three-point line back. Um, and he's a veteran guy, and I, I like that part about him. And then, you know, you add on uh, Atticus um, Taylor, who is a JUCO transfer, who is going to be really good for us. Um, you know, 7-2 wingspan, can play the three and the four, uh, has a chance to be a really good basketball player for us. And then the other guy, um, uh, Darion Sebron, who is a really good freshman, uh, we'll see some time at both guard spots. Uh, the only guy that we haven't had on campus is um, Danny Dixon, and he had to finish a couple of summer school classes to graduate to be a graduate transfer, and um, we're expecting him in the next few weeks when school starts. But I, I love this bunch. Um, they've completely come in and bought in and worked extremely hard this summer. How important is it, Coach, to kind of have – the depth that you guys have for your system and to, and to have the veteran guys there who can, you know, open up as the starting lineup and, and push the tempo and still have the younger guys with the energy to come in. I mean, it, it feels like a couple years in with that kind of depth, is that the sort of program build you were looking for when you arrived in Raleigh? Well, Joe, will tell you this, man, I'm, I'm just excited to have some familiar faces. Uh, <laughs> we got seven or eight guys back that we didn't, you know, when I, Last year, going into the, the summer in practice, we only had three guys who had played, obviously, in a game. But, you know, I, I try to play, you know, anywhere from 10, possibly 11 guys on the way we want to play. And I'm excited. You know, when you look at our roster, I feel for the first time that I have two guys at every position that all can come in and make an immediate impact. Uh, I like that because, you know, obviously through a long season, there's, 
you know, there's possibilities of having some injuries. So we've got guys that can play, number one, multiple positions, but guys too deep at every position. So I, I love our versatility of this team. Uh, I'm excited about the team because we've had um, eight weeks of summer school where I thought they all worked extremely hard. Coach, you know, I have to take this opportunity to bring up my favorite topic with you, which is your schedule. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you have some interesting games. Uh, Memphis and Auburn's a uh, Memphis is is part of the pr- tournament, but Wisconsin and Auburn are kind of rematch games. Just some of your thoughts on where you feel like you can upgrade the schedule and add some of those games that obviously was uh, Memphis is a neutral site game that you know people are going to be interested in nationally. Well, Joe, as you know, um, the scheduling, um, especially nowadays, is very tricky. Um, you know, when you schedule a team, you, you hope that that team performs very well throughout the year, except when they play you. Um, you want that win. Um, but we, we, I think we've put together a very challenging schedule. I, I love the Memphis game. Um, I wanted to play a, a neutral site game against a, a, a great opponent, which um, I would anticipate that they'll come in as a top 10 opponent. Um, he's done a tremendous job in recruiting. So that's a very good game. Uh, our, our toughest challenge was trying to figure out the balance between, you know, our 20 ACC games and then who do we play non-conference. Um, um, we get an opportunity to go back to um, Auburn this year, who we, we played this previous year here at the PNC and, uh, I've said this to you, Joe. I, I don't think we ever got enough credit for beating the Final Four team in Auburn here. Uh, and then, obviously, the rematch, um, if you want to call it that, uh, where Wisconsin and the Big Ten ACC Challenge will will certainly have a chance to come to PNC and we get a chance to play against those guys. Uh, those are three really good games uh, along with the ACC game. And then we've got some um, – you know, really, I, I think some good mid-major teams that we're going to play, um, we have a chance to go over and play in the Greensboro Coliseum against UNCG. Um, that'll be obviously a fun opportunity. Uh, I made a promise to Joe, Will, you'll like this, that um, there will be no 300-level teams <laughs> on our non-conference schedule. But I gave one, it was one caveat to it, unless the tournament that's connected to um, Memphis has one but as far as our scheduling you will not see that but if there's one joe one joe because the um memphis people attach it to it then there's nothing i can do about that well we'll we'll tweet out that quote and we'll add we'll uh cc the selection committee on that as well so they know that that's right um you know i'm reading uh joe's article um you know back back from june looking at the acc standings as a whole coach and i know how you're going to answer this but i'm going to ask it to you anyway it's hard not to look at the ACC and think that it's not as, I don't want to say top-heavy, but it's like the top, the, the top teams might have, might have taken a step back. Do you guys look at that? Is it hard not to look at that? Is it hard not to imagine a scenario where the ACC is a little more wide open than it usually might be? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the answer is that it's wide open. I, I, I'll speak about last year. Those three teams last year were, were just that good. Um, they were, you know, I, I've said this before, I thought they should be considered super squads, uh, you know, su- super quad wins. I, I just don't know that you're ever going to find um, a conference that will have three number ones and eventually one of the teams going to win a national championship. Uh, 
Will we have that level of uh, teams? I don't know that there'll be three number ones on the ACC, but it's a challenge. Um, you know, when you look at our schedule and then add the fact that, you know, we're going to play two extra games. And, and for us, um, you know, we've got to go to Virginia. Just speaking of the guys who are number ones last year, we got to go to Virginia. Uh, we play Carolina and Duke home and home. Uh, that alone is a challenging schedule. And then the rest of the teams who are all very good and can beat you on any given night. Coach, I've only got one more really important question for you. <laughs> Did Nas play Made You Look at the concert you went to last week? Say that again, Joe. Did Nas play Made You Look at the concert that you went to last yeah. week? Yes, he did. How did you know I was at that concert? Coach, <laughs> I got sources. Hey, hey, Joe, now, I tell you what, that was a great concert, uh, and, and I, I truly like Nas, but I'm telling you, man, I we were there, my wife and I, because we love Mary J. Blige. So she was really good. Um, and so we had a good time there, and it was just great to get away and um, enjoy the concert. Joe, were you there? Did you see me there, or you just heard I was there? <laughs> I have sources, Coach. Come on. All right. I believe that. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, you, hey listen, you, 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 96, you, you've been doing this for a long time, so you do have sources. I do know that. Just a few. Coach, we, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Well, actually, one more. We'll get you out of here on this. Have you tried an yeah. old toughie yet? You know, I haven't because I don't, I'm not a drinker. Okay. Um, you know, I, I haven't had a, a, probably a drink of alcohol in, in about 15 years, and I, I will say this, my wife's gluten-free. Mm. So when I when I used to drink over 15 years ago, if I I would come home and she said you had a drink and I would say no, and I would kiss her on the lips and she'd be like you're lying because her lips would start tingling. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> and so, but but I'm excited uh, about it. Uh, I I saw that they were released yesterday, and uh, I will tell you this: I will buy some of them for my house for the guests that will come over. All right, that's what I'm talking. That's some good hospitality, Coach Kevin Keats. Really appreciate it. Follow him at Coach Keats NCSU on Twitter, and uh, look forward to seeing what the the Pac Men's B ball team puts out there this year, Coach. Guys, thank you. And, and I'm serious, man. Will y'all look around and figure out if that plaque is there? I'd love to have that plaque. We will. We will confirm the confirm or deny the existence of said plaque, and then you can hold something over Dave's head the next time he wants you to come on. Say, listen. I'm going to need to see a photo of that plaque if you want me back on your radio show. <laughs> no question, man. You guys enjoy your day. All right. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thank you. What's crazy is he won that plaque the last year at UNCW, but not the first year at State. Wait, really? <laughs> yes. Uh, really? That's crazy. <laughs> to clarify, <laughs> the way the DG Show Coach of the Year Award works, because he votes in the ACC Coach of the Year, uh, he doesn't include ACC teams. So... It's sort of like an all-state minus ACC teams. So just, and so, just he, to, so he wasn't to, to be clear, he wasn't eligible that that following year. Oh, okay. Um, so just to be clear, <laughs> he did say there would be no three hundred level teams, meaning like that's teams, a big promise right there. He I, must feel strong about that. I mean, I was going to tweet it, but I didn't want to be like inaccurately tweet something that he said and, and send out the well, wrong. They, yeah, they don't have control over that. Barclays Classic. That's what he was. Well, the tournament. At, the tournament's so, different, right? Yeah. Like if you, you know, if a if a team with a three hundred yeah, so level it's schedule ends up winning a game and you play them or you right. get them in the first round, there's nothing you can do about right. it. Right. Right. Plus, well, there's a shorter non-conference schedule this year too. So they're playing twenty league games. You throw in Memphis, Wisconsin, Auburn, and of course the UNCG game that he mentioned. They're also playing App State here in Raleigh. Uh, I. I 
I failed to ask him about Reynolds. I know they had been working on getting a second game in Reynolds because the NIT was such a... There's a huge hit. Yeah. Now, it, the, the end was bittersweet yeah. for state fans, but I mean... But those three games, emotionally, I think, at a time when certainly the program was disappointed about not making the NCAA tournament, um, it's also something like in December when you're playing a lesser opponent, you can use a little shot of energy. 100%. Um, and, and you could feel, I mean, you could feel the vibe, too, when you were going in, like... You know, when you were walking NIT, on campus. a meaningless NIT game. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, because I went to one of them, and we, you know, we uh, actually took a bird scooter pre, pre-accident. But, we, you know, we, we were coming from Cameron Village area, and you could, like, you could feel the energy yeah. going into Reynolds, which, I mean, you know, no offense to the PNC, but you just don't get the same kind of heat when you're walking through the, the cold of the PNC arena. Not early in the season either. Right. I mean, to me, they opened with Georgia Tech this year. That's part of the ACC network deal. Georgia um, Tech's just getting. I really pushed them featured. to try to play that game in Reynolds. Yeah, and and there were people there. I, I think including Kevin, who were not opposed to the idea, but they just weren't able to pull it off. I think one of the um, compromises there was, you know, their contracts for 15 games at PNC every year, so they they have to play 15. But there's other opportunities there for them. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break here on. Uh NC State Day, the David Glenn Show. I'm Will Brinson. That's Joe Giglio. Uh, James Smith-Williams, NC State senior defensive end, joining us uh, on the other side. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people in North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show. Traditional intro music. This is my this is my okay. this is my theme song for uh, I'm Will Brinson, by the way. This is the David Glenn show. I'm not David Glenn. David Glenn's not in the house. Joe Gillio joining me on NC State Day here at uh, the DG show. Longtime devotees who uh, dating back to when our pal Hayes Permar was the producer of the show. Hayes uh, had me start coming on and asked me what kind of uh, Intro music I wanted. It's like fish, man. I forgot to tell Darren that we need Scotty McCreary's feeling it. I don't know why that's not why a did we, thing. We should have gotten Scotty McCreary on at Carter Finley Stadium. I texted him yesterday. He's in the mountains today. He's playing golf. So Ooh, I tried. I wonder where he's playing. I tried. Do you know? Grandfather I Mountain? Don't. He's probably. Yeah. That's where he got engaged and yeah, all I'm that sure good it's stuff. So club, yeah. yeah. Um, well, anyway, this is NC State Day. We uh, just had a great conversation with Coach Kevin Keats. We will uh, shortly be chatting with James Smith-Williams of NC State's football team. He's coming straight out of practice. Uh, so whenever he is, uh, you know, cleaned up and ready to go, he'll give us a call. And that's fine. In the meantime, why don't, we, why don't we talk about this actual NC State team, Joe? Because it is, um, I mean, I, it's, a hard, it's a hard team to qualify. Like, I, like I, our pal Chip Patterson does a great podcast called The Cover 3 Podcast on CBS Sports. Uh, with uh, Barton Simmons, and they were trying to break down the Atlantic division and who should be the favorite. And I could tell that, you know, Chip and Barton were uh, understandably perhaps flummoxed by how to handle NC State because it's like a seven and a half win total. 
you know, you look at the schedule and you think this is a team that can make some noise, but Clemson is involved there. Florida State should be better. And I think there's a great unknown when it comes to the quarterback position, too. Um, you know, I don't know what you've seen this spring or in you know, leading up to the season or in the early part of the fall, but it's it's kind of hard to figure yeah. out what's going to happen there, right? Yeah, this is year seven for Dave Doran. Kind of crazy. He's only had one without an NFL quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So not saying that Matt McKay or Devin Leary or Bailey Hockman is not an NFL quarterback, but we just don't know that yet. So the one thing he's pretty much had ever since his first season, ever since the start of his second season, was a, a known commodity at quarterback. So when you're trying to figure out, well, what do they have? If you, you start there and you start with a question mark, you're also talking about a team that's won 18 games the last two years, yep. that sent 11 guys into the NFL draft, and the, they have to replace those players. And I think when you're a program like NC State, and pretty much when you're a program like anyone not named Clemson, you're going to have years where you have to reload. You have to rebuild. Like, there's a cycle to it. And if you look at the talent they brought in in these last two um, draft classes, recruiting classes, yeah. their, their sophomore and their freshman class, they have guys there. Yep. Like, in 2021 20, and 2022, we're going to be talking about NC State the same way we did in 2017 and 2018. You think so? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to be that good. Their window, as I like to say, will be back open. I feel like this year, you're, you're, you know, there's just a little bit – too much uncertainty to kind of say, you know, well, they can go nine and four again or, or even eight and four. I mean, I think it's certainly it's in the realm of possibility. Don't get me wrong. Right. Anybody can sit here in August and have optimism. Well, yeah, that's like I did, I did, I did like five teams. You're going to miss the NFL playoffs article for today. It's, it's hard to do it because it's easy to find five teams who will make it. Yes. It's not. It's hard to find five teams who will miss it because you don't want to be. Pessimistic in, in August, Come right? On. Well, <laughs> the Bengals, yeah. the Bills. Yeah, right. I, I got four for you. Well, right no, no, there. but I'm saying like teams last year who were in oh, who are now oh, going to gotcha. fall out. Yeah, yes. if I can find five teams, easy. Yeah, <laughs> okay. but I'm saying like you got to like the Cowboys are going to regress. But on the you know on the the setup with 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 Doran too is, is sort of flown under the radar. I mean like the level of attrition from over the last two years of the players that you talked about, eleven to the NFL, including uh, you know over the last three years, what two NFL quarterbacks, one guy who might end up starting a lot of games Jacoby Brissett yeah um this year I mean Bradley Chubb in yeah. national defensive player of the year yeah top five pick um Garrett Bradbury first round pick this year all-american at center you know they've had guys and then the, the skill players and I thought going through this so every game I watch Jacoby every game, Myers the the single hottest name in Patriots yeah. training camp right now yeah I mean I go through, I go to the games, then I watch the games, and I chart all the plays and everything like that, and you start to realize, well, what didn't they have last year? And believe it or not, they didn't really have explosion-type plays. Even Jacoby, who was their most explosive player, didn't make that many plays, big plays, because he hurt his ankle in the sure. first game of the year and yeah. never really was healthy the rest of the year. Kelvin Harmon, like people want to know, oh, why did Kelvin Harmon fall to the sixth round? Because he doesn't beat people downfield. Because he had fewer explosive plays in NC State's terminology. That's 20-yard catches sure. last year than he did the previous year. And, and, and for those that don't know, that might be listening, the 20-plus-yard plays, those explosive plays, are indicators of a team maybe taking a step forward or a team taking a step back. Like it's, a, like it's, it's like an underlying metric, yeah. right? Yeah. So to me, when you had Naheem Hines, you had Jalen Samuels, and then Jacoby Myers even the previous year. Yeah. And and Kelvin made more the previous year too because again you're 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 more spread out you're, you're stretching horizontally you're stretching vertically it's you're making defense. defenses yeah. work harder 
And I thought last year one of their problems when Ricky Person wasn't healthy, yep. their running back who's a sophomore now, you could just sit there and double Kelvin and say, you're not getting behind me. Or, yeah, um, Jacoby had 92 catches last year, but how many of them were just in the slot right in front of somebody? He made some spectacular catches, don't sure. get me wrong. But you could see some of the constrictions there for their offense. That's with a three-year starter as the quarterback, a sixth-year senior as the quarterback. Yeah. As, you know, Dave said the other day after practice that it doesn't matter who starts for us, they're not going to be a six-year starter. They're not going to have that level of confidence and experience that we're used to. So, you know, there, there's a, there's a, and not to mention there's four new offensive and there's four new assistant coaches. Yeah. Well, that's I mean that's that's really the difference between like I'm not saying that Devin Leary's not ready to play, but like. His whole thing is that he is capable of gas canning footballs down the field, but perhaps not entirely, uh, you know, a guy that has, you know, has the precision of a six-year starter or the 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 where you know, wherewithal to operate the offense, and that's what they're looking for. But I mean, that growth takes time in a complex offense. Um, well, it takes experience. I mean, exactly. Devin clearly has talent. I yeah. mean, you saw, you he, did the spring game with Mike Lennon. He he has an absolute bazooka on his arm. Yeah, and I think one thing a lot of people took away from that was how impressed Mike was. Mike, who you know really does have one of the best arms in the NFL, yeah. how he was impressed with Devin. And Matt's been in the system for three years. He's And I keep saying he's a good runner, which they kind of take offense to that he's more than just a runner. Right. Um, but that's just what we know him as so far. And the thing about Ryan starting for three years, and his first year they, they used Jalen McClendon as kind of a change of pace sure. earlier in that 2016 season and Dave hasn't ruled that out this year which I could see you know the new quarterbacks coach is Kurt Roper he was at Duke one of the things David Cutcliffe has done forever even with Daniel Jones was use a different quarterback rotate to come multiple in. quarterbacks yeah in, sure. in, in a red zone short yardage type situation so I, I don't I don't think that would be Dave's preferred option you think he'd just rather pick a guy and have him be the guy but you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to win games. Yeah, and that might involve multiple quarterbacks. Uh, they're gonna. Okay, we uh, I believe in a few moments we'll have James Smith Williams because we didn't talk about the defense. That's like the thing that nobody yeah. talks about is this defense may have the potential to take the next step. Right? Um, there are the. It feels like, and this is part of a, this is part of building a program the way that Dave Doran built the program is that it feels like there is now like there was on offense in the previous two years a lot of depth and veteran players on the defensive side of the ball, even with all that attrition. Yeah, they have seven starters back from last year. Now, you know, they, they need to make some improvement, though, from the end of that season. Right. And I think they know that. They're not deluding themselves into how they finished last year with the, with the bowl loss to Texas A&M. That but was I, not, a, not a pretty game. And, and they were missing their best player in Jermaine Pratt. So it, it it's kind of – it was like a half-pregnant game. You know, they had some of their guys there. They didn't have some – you know, it was yeah. make up your mind. What yeah. are you doing? And I think they were frustrated some by that. But it'll be interesting to see how they can take that step to, to your point. They now actually have some experience on the defensive side. And guys like Aline McNeil, guys like James Smith-Williams, you know, they're going to be better this year. Well, let's uh, bring on the guy who's going to be better. James Smith-Williams, uh, defensive end for NC State, joining us right after practice. How you doing, man? Hey, how are you? Uh, thanks for hopping on the David Glenn Show, even though David Glenn is not here. I know that uh, one of the things that came out of ACC Media Days, you're a, a huge DG Show fan. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'm a huge David Glenn fan, so I'm pretty sad he's not on right now. Oh, I mean, 
<laughs> just have to just have to suffer through with Wilbrinson and Joe Gilio here, but we appreciate you joining us. How's uh, how's the defense looking in practice right now? What's the uh, what's the latest buzz on NC State's defense? We were just pointing out how you guys have kind of a a, a pretty solid veteran core returning from last year. Yeah, I think a lot of those guys are back and have a lot of talented freshmen behind them. So it's a lot of fun. It's some great competition. We're all getting better. James, is this your debut on the? It's Joe Gillio. Is this your debut on the David Glenn show? It is. Okay, Long let's. Long-time listener, I guess. First time call. Okay, well, let's note who who made this happen then, other than Annabelle, <laughs> your guy, your boy, right here, man. Come on. Uh, hey, man, I appreciate it. Man. All right, all right. Just making sure you you're taking mental notes over there. Uh, obviously, you've talked a lot this off season about uh, the freak list, Bruce Feldman's, just your o- overall evolution since you got here from Millbrook. Um, it, it's got to be kind of cool or neat to see your name on a, on a list like that for all the work that you've put in since you got here. Yeah, no, it's definitely awesome. The recognition, you know, it's really special. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, football doesn't play in the weight room. Things have to translate over. What, um, the, the, see, you don't have to be entirely humble. You're not broadcasting <laughs> the whole state of North Carolina. <laughs> what, uh, who, who's a guy that we, that we don't know about either on offense or defense for NC State right now that you've been noticing in practice that you think is going to make a surprising impact for the team in 2019? Uh, let me think about it. Um, I think there's a, a handful of running backs, younger guys, mm. and the uh, linebackers, too, who I think might not be on the radar, but are going to have some, some pretty huge years. So I'm excited to watch them play and keep developing. You got you to name names. You can't just, you can't just throw out the <laughs> Name <position>. names. <laughs> you got to name uh, names like the Seinfeld episode. Yeah, yeah I, I got you. I got you. Um, you know, uh, Drake Thomas looked phenomenal. Uh, Peyton Wilson, guys we've been hearing about for a while. They're finally able to play. Um, and then... There's a couple of running backs who caught my eye too, so I won't I won't name names there. But I'm super excited to watch those guys play. Well, I mean, Zonovan Knight was going bananas at the spring game. That was kind of wild to watch. <laughs> and I mean, so is is, is this a, is this a situation where the, you know do you think they'll rotate through on offense, or do you think you know the uh, Roper wants to lean on one guy? Like, or you know, how's how, or the the co-offensive coordinators? Excuse me, want to lean on one right. guy? How's that going to work? Uh Honestly, I'm calling ask them, but I mean, they're all talented. I, I tell you that they all can definitely go out there and play. So whoever's then is going to be doing a great job. So I, I'm excited for that. James, I, I was asking Jarius Moorhead if he's picked up the nickname Grandpa yet as one of like the few old guys on the team. There's right. 51 freshmen, redshirt and true freshmen on the roster. That's a that's amazing to me. Um, That's a crazy number, yeah. What is your nickname? Is it Gramps or Pops or do you, do you have one of those yet? Remember, uh, I'm still still JF Dub. I'll get old head every once in a while, but you know they, they call me whatever. I haven't got Gramps or Pops. I still move pretty well. So if I start walking around at length, I might get that nickname. If you get a cane, <laughs> <laughs> right? Come out with a cane and a wig one day on practice. Do you have to tell the young guys like Bradley Chubb stories? Do you like take them around the campfire and be like, uh, "Let's let's tell a story about number nine or or the time Cantavius Street like squatted the whole weight room? Do you, do you find yourself room, right? telling ghost stories about uh, that that defensive line that all four guys ended up in the NFL? I think they'll ask me more so what did they do that that made them special? What was their work ethic like? Um, a ghost, you know, campfire stories. I have a ton, and we can sit around and talk all day. But like you said, uh, 51 freshmen on the roster, so a little bit removed from the the Bradley Chubb days. They weren't even around when he was here. So, one thing I did notice, though, I was in there talking to uh, Coach Thunder 
maybe it was last all season or the one before, but you know, like BJ Hill came back after he'd you know already been drafted. It does seem like there's a remains a connection between the current guys who are in the NFL and, and, and you guys who are still on the roster and trying to make your way to the next level. Right. How much does that mean to have those guys come back and, you know, be able to instill lessons and, and, and you know, just really, you know, integrate themselves within the current program? That was awesome. Um, me and Chubb talk pretty regularly. And I actually saw all those guys who got drafted the past Within the past few years, I say, um, B.J. Hill had his football camp down in Charlotte, and he invited me down. And It's Jay Sam, it's Jermaine Pratt, Justin Jones, uh, you know, obviously B.J., Chubb, Street. I mean, all those guys flew from across the country, and they came to Charlotte, and I got to see them. And oh, wow. Catch up with those guys. You know, we're all still really close. I can call Chubb right now. Hey, I need help with this or that, you know. What do you what do you recommend? What do you think? Or I just called BJ yesterday. He had a baby boy, so I'm really close to those guys. I lived with BJ for a couple of years when I first got here. Um, there's still a bond here, and I think that a lot of those guys keep a loyal to the program. And I know BJ spent the last off season here training. Um, Pratt came back. A lot of Steph, Kelvin, all those guys come back, and they love being around the program. And they're here when they can be, but they have their own stuff to attend to as well. James, I owe you one for coming on for us today on NC State Day. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, of course, man. Good right. luck to you this season, too. All right, All right yep, James. Thanks, course. buddy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, man. Uh, you can follow James Smith-Williams at J-A-C-S-W-3 on Twitter. He, uh, is, as noted by uh, Darren in this, in this rundown, he loves the David Glenn show. Loves the David Glenn show. That's not, that's not out of my mouth. He I know, saw our placard yeah. at ACC kickoff and exclaimed it. It's a shame DG actually wasn't there at the moment, but oh, I've got oh, intern no. witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it definitely comes from like, you know, if you're, you know, you went to Millbrook or like, you know, that area and he's, you know, probably spent how many hours as a, you know, kid right? riding around in the car <laughs> from 12 to 3. I mean, you know, just sort of happens. Like, that's the only reason I agree to do this is because my dad's friends are like, yo, we heard you. We heard Will on the radio. Or like I got some text from uh, like I got a text from Coach Scott. He was like, is that you on the radio? My buddy Coach Scott. Uh, anyway, uh, we are going to take a break shortly. Will Brinson here, Joe Giglio. Um, what over under, Joe, before we get out of here, on number of sacks for James Smith Williams this year? Uh, 11 and a half. Oh, you're shooting high there. Uh, nine and a half, nine and a half. <laughs> I was, I was going to say eight. How about that? Okay, That's a pretty good well, season. Well, just take under. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. good. That's a pretty good season. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. I feel like you could see a, a situation where uh, maybe there aren't, maybe the teams aren't passing a ton against the state team, so he can't get the tee off. But he does have some easier games. A bunch of, you know, questionable. Like, I mean, how many times is he going to sack somebody on Georgia Tech? I mean, I don't even know who, I don't even know who Georgia Tech's quarterback <laughs> is. That's late in the year. They might actually pass this year, too. So I know, I know. Yeah, there <laughs> won't be that option. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, eight eight's a good number. That's a better that's a better over under. But I'll I'm I'm optimistic here. Uh, that's Joe Giglio. I'm Will Brinson. This is the David Glenn Show, NC State Day. We will be back after this quick break. I made a reference to Mike Shashevsky of Duke and his goat status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. Well, that was the world's shortest break. 
Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. I'm Will Brinson. That's Joe Giglio. Well, that's not. He is here. Um, I am not mindful of time stamps and breaks and whatnot. Joe, that's because I like the podcast world. Uh, but I am mindful of our guest, and we are thrilled to be joined right now by athletic director, Boo Corrigan. Boo, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? Uh, we're doing fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to join us here on NC State Day. I know you're, uh, you're, you're digging right into the job, but before we get to maybe specifics about what's going on in your world, um, I do have to ask you a story that I was told uh, that involves, and I think it's in the alumni magazine, so NC State folks and fans should check this out, uh, but is it true that you were at the 1983 NCAA basketball championship game? I was. I was there at the time. Um, it's interesting. My father, uh, Gene Corrigan, who, who obviously had a wonderful career, and Dave Gavitt were amongst two of the people that were on the basketball selection committee. So uh, Danny Gavitt, myself, and Danny's brother, Corey, were uh, three of the ball boys for, for the game in 1983. Wow, that's fantastic. So you were – not just not just a witness to history, but an actual like participant in history. Let, let's not get carried away with, <laughs> with, with what I did. Sure, I was there, but the cool thing was I remember being um, underneath a basket um, when Lorenzo Charles dunked the ball, and that was the basket where I was sitting. So it was literally like right there, kind of in that moment, um, etched in my mind. Uh, be, being there and just what an extraordinary experience it was boo hey it's joe Gilio. I, I have one slight way for you to improve that story you should tell people you're the one who jim valdano tried to <laughs> hug first like he came up to you was like nah i gave you the head shake then he found wittenberg well he he, he looked at there was eye contact and he said who the heck is that <laughs> i'm not gonna waste a hug on him i think is what it was yeah, Especially yeah. since his dad, your dad gave him some quite a road to the Final Four that year, too. <laughs> He's probably could have held a grudge yeah. on that one. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah, they, they ended up being good friends, so it, it all works out. Boo, I'm curious, what's been the, I don't know if it's the most surprising, but most maybe the most interesting thing that fans would like to hear about what you've, uh, you know, not, I don't want to say to learn because you, you know what you're doing, but but learn, you know, taking in about NC State uh, and, and being here in Raleigh since you arrived on the job. Uh, again, well, I would, you know, I think you learn something every day, you, you know, and I think that, that growth mindset is really, is really important. Um, the, the takeaway that I've had is just the incredible passion uh, and commitment and connection that the NC State people have to this great institution. And, and you, you know, I know it's going to be, and I'm sure Joe kind of rolled his eyes a little bit on it's going to cut both ways, right? There's going to be times where they're passionate the wrong way or the right way. But, <laughs> you know, I think the, the relevancy that NC State holds in people's lives is really important. I think it's been inspiring to me to be around and, and to feed off of. You know, we got... I saw a ticket report yesterday where over 34,500 season tickets sold for for football. Basketball tickets are going well. Women's basketball has already sold a couple hundred more season tickets this year than we did last year. And, you know, just the passion in and around about it is, is something that, one, that's an awful great thing to build on instead of trying to create relevancy. 
Boo, it's a shame you've had nothing to deal with here in three months on the job. I know before you left um, West Point, you knew about the NCAA issues, but the beer at the games and this alcohol sales, uh, did any of that kind of creep up on you in terms of being prepared uh, for you in terms of knowing this is how you're going to be spending so much of your time getting ready for this opener and getting, you know, such a kind of a dramatic, drastic change that the state of North Carolina is going to sell alcohol at, at public events. Yeah, I, I didn't understand the scale of, of what it was. I mean, this is something we talked about um, at West Point two, three years ago, a um, couple commandants ago, as we used to say, um, <laughs> you know, where we would look at it and say, you know what, I, I don't think that's what we're going to do. And, and there were logistical problems in that. And then when I got here, um, it, it was talked about clearly not like, and, and oh, by the way, we're going to sell beer, but, you know, here's some things that, that are going on right now in and around this. And, you know, I was excited about it, you know, thinking, all right, this is a an additive to the fan experience at Carter-Finley and at PNC, and we'll see where we kind of go from there. But, you know, looking at it now and, you know, of course, I didn't realize the, the passion our fans have for noon football games in August and September. So I think the package deal <laughs> there may have set me a little bit back. But, you know, hey, we're 13-0 and in the last 13 games we played at 12 or 12.30. We're excited about the opportunity to bring um, beer to Carter-Finley. We've got a great, uh, I believe, a really good um, heat plan. Uh, for the first couple of games to make sure we've got plenty of water and shade and misting tents and they're doing everything we can from that standpoint. So in, in short, no, I had no idea, Joe. <laughs> Fred Demarest is so proud of you right now for dropping that 13-0 stat. That's like his favorite pet number. Um, I understand, though, through my sources, though, you're not a sophisticated beer person. I think my standard line is I walk in and say, which one's most like Bud Light? <laughs> so so Will might not. Yeah, I, I mean. That's playing well. No, no, I actually think, Boo, I think that you're ahead of the curve because uh, the, the everything is trending back away from these IPAs and these high-octane uh, beers. And, and what you need at a, at a football game, certainly, is like a, a Bud Light or perhaps even an old Tuffy. Uh, what, what, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I am curious. Like, is there a lot of variety? Is there going to be variety? Is there the infrastructure to have uh, different kind of beers in there? Or is it just going to be a big old jug full of ice and, and maybe some uh, tall boys? No, I, I think what the biggest thing is, and we had a meeting the other day about it, just to make sure that we're we're all on the same page. I, I think it very much, um, Will and Joe, can, can really will look different in October, November than it will in, in September mm. and in August. I think it really is kind of a growth mi mindset with what this is, not to necessarily, you know, serve more, you know, from a volume standpoint, but to understand where people are buying it, what they're interested in, uh, being able to provide the variety um, that people are looking for. And, again, this is, you know, this is a really dynamic space in Raleigh and then um, I think there's two other towns around here. Um, but in, <laughs> in Raleigh, it's a really dynamic space with the microbrews and 
in that, and we want to make sure that we represent that properly as well. Well, thank you so much, Boo. You are uh, you are spot on learning quickly on the fly. We appreciate you taking the time and uh, joining us here on the DG Show. My pleasure. Take it easy. All right. Thanks, Boo. We'll be uh, back in a little bit. Awesome to talk to Boo Corrigan. I, I was impressed with his uh, deep dive knowledge of the, uh, the beer infrastructure and the Bud Light stuff. But uh, we will come back in just a few minutes on the DG Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H- how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> um, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of thing. But I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show. <laughs> 